0: Welcome to Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Razorback Dave. Today we're talking about what happened at the end of the Tennessee Ole Miss game and why and what really needs to be talked about. Stay with us. All right. Welcome my partner in crime, B Ray, in from The Common Fan.
1: What's up? What's up? Did
0: you watch the end of that game?
1: I did. Uh, it took an hour and a half to play four minutes, <laughs> it seemed like. And because someone was down hurt, which is a whole another episode about these games. Oh, yeah. On. Let me, I'm going to add that to my list of stuff. And here. secondly, the fans started throwing things on with a minute to go. Why well, I actually, I quit watching. Mm -hmm. and i didn't even realize that they had delayed the game and then you know it was kind of late at night so i was getting ready for bed and i saw on the crawl on espn that the game was still going on so i flipped it back over there and saw the last minute 30 minutes later oh my so so i think after the the you know everybody started littering the field
0: they delayed the game then had to finish it well it looked like to me, I went back and watched it a couple of days later. I, I heard about it. Um, and it looked like that whole thing stemmed off. And I didn't see the whole game, so I don't know what happened with the refs through the whole thing. I just saw that last spot. And I saw them get reviewed out of the last spot for the line to gain. Right. That would have probably – I mean, they, they had just as good a chance as anybody to win that game if they get that first down right there. And they didn't get it. And it 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 mesmerizes me how they have so many cameras everywhere, but then when they're gonna make a controversial call like that, there's only one camera angle that you can see now, anybody can see could see that the guy's the point of the guy's elbow. I don't know anybody that doesn't carry a football with three points of pressure on the tip tucked in right here, close to the chest right all right, so you got to assume. That from the tip of his elbow, the ball is somewhere between the tip of the elbow and and up here, length of the football, right. somewhere in the tip of his elbow made the line to gain. You can see that in the video. Right. Made the line to right. gain. He had the first down, and they chose not to give it to him for whatever reason. They chose not to give it to him.
1: Now, and this is this is what I don't understand. The in the pros, I believe they're allowed to interpolate. Angles based on multiple cameras. So if you've got a guy going down from behind and the cameras behind and his knee goes down, but you can't really see where the ball is, but then they have another camera on the other side that you can see where his knee and the ball is, but you can't see another angle that they can say, well, based on what we see on both angles, we know that he made the line of game. Yeah. And I don't know if Tennessee's got a older stadium that's just not conducive to televisions, but what, there was no camera on the opposite sideline because all, you, all they had was the, was the up-high version of his back. They didn't have the uh, – they had a, a, a straight down from the end zone version from his backside, but they didn't have the, the a camera on the, on the side of the field that, his, that the ball was on. Yeah. And so my whole point is, either do it or don't do it. If you're not going to have enough cameras to see everything, then why bother?
0: Well, I, and I'm not. I'm not even gonna, prepared to say that they didn't have the camera angle you're talking about. They just never showed it. Yeah, then that's another thing because you don't get, get to see going. what they're looking at in Atlanta because they don't make that call on the field anymore. They make it from Atlanta. They have a control feed back to Atlanta. in fact i was in razorback stadium whenever they had a review they showed every camera angle up on the and that could have just been a screenshot but it right. looked like there was like 10 12 14 camera angles on a game like that and there wouldn't be mm-hmm. that many camera enough camera angles in that ball game and it was here's the other thing though it's clear was there not a referee on that side Oh yeah, and why is he and, and oh, why is he not making the right call? Why did he slide it back there, dude? We,
1: we've looked at Dave, uh, and you can Google this on
0: YouTube. I know where you're Alabama, Ole Miss Alabama, Old
1: Miss Alabama game when Hugh Freeze was there. I can't remember what year it was, but you can Google ref moves the ball against Ole Miss Alabama, yeah. and he looks back at the stick and puts it a half yard short of the line of the game where he's originally going to mark.
0: Yeah. That particular and game, so, Alabama <clears> was highly ranked and struggling in that game to that point. They well, needed Miss, that first down to keep yeah. it close. And you don't think of something I, like that is affecting a ball game, but it does. Well, absolutely it does. Because Ole Miss had to punt. That's right. They didn't keep the ball. They could have drove down,
1: got a field goal. They may have fumbled the next play. We don't know. Yeah. But I think at the the guy from the other field, and what I did notice – is that he was running up the sideline? He's on the line of scrimmage, watching for um, a legal man downfield. I'm guessing, or and somebody the guy out caught, a guy yeah, illegal. Then detection. when a the guy caught the ball, you can see the side judge running down the field trying to mark it. Well, he he doesn't have a good angle. Yeah, and so it goes back to my whole point is is that if we're gonna have the rule, and then you have to make all cameras uh, available, and like you said. Who chose not to show that angle if they did have it? I'll, I'll be interesting. I'm going to watch another – I'm going to watch a UT game before
0: the year's over. And if they show a camera angle from that side, mm-hmm. I mean – I want to know how you can have supposedly the best football conference in America and the worst referees.
1: Look, they by far the worst referee uh, collectively in the country this year. It's not even close.
0: Well, and and I'm not going to say – I can I can tell you – categorically, that I would have never thrown a golf ball at at Lane Kiffin. I would have never thrown cups and stuff on the field. But I understand it because I'm sitting in Razorback Stadium watching the Auburn-Arkansas game Saturday morning, and you can go back and look at some of those. I mean, a pass interference against Arkansas when they had a stop, ball seven feet over the guy's head out of bounds. They call pass right. interference. Ball's and Yeah, that's right. Stuff like yep. that. You know, three times going for it on fourth down and don't get it in a review every time. There were, I mean, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the only thing that's keeping me from going down there and beating the snot out of that referee is it's wrong and it's illegal. But stop, stop and think about how many people there are in the world that those two categories aren't enough to stop them from doing whatever it is they got on their mind. And that's going right. to start to permeate its way into these college football games unless the SEC does something. Somebody's going to have to pay a price to get it back under control. I contend that maybe somebody from Tennessee or somebody from Arkansas goes and pays the fine. I don't know what the fine is for criticizing the referees, but I'd pay it. I'd go to my bush and say, look, we got to do something. Will you finance it? And they were going to say, yeah, we'll do it. And I would be out forefront saying that was the the, it is clear they are doing something to us or for them. And that's if you follow the money, just throw it out there.
1: And I think too you remember when Lane Kiffin used to talk about that year he spent at Tennessee. Mystical flags. (laughs) The mystical flags come out. And they do. And and they do. And and I think this is what's changed, I think, since we grew up going to college football games. There's no jumbotron. There's no. There's no cell phones. That's true. There's no. You know, you can't. You, you didn't know what was going on. You kind of had to go with what was happening in the stadium. And secondly, sporting events used to be for entertainment. They're the only reason now they're for money. It's mm-hmm. entertainment for money. Back in the old days, it was like, oh man, a college campus, alumni come back, we win a few games. Lose a few games. Everybody go home happy. We win a conference championship every few years. What, Everybody
0: was happy. What, 10 bowls, 12, 14 bowl I think games 12. at the most? I think 12.
1: Yeah, the top 25 made the bowls. <clears throat> most of them
0: were the last week of the year and to New Year's Day, and then that was it? That was it.
1: Uh, and Would you get like the, maybe
0: one or two games of on TV a week? Remember, it used to just right. be the college football game of the week. Now they're all on.
1: You what, got ESPN the used,
0: Plus and CBS Sportsline. You can watch every game out there.
1: Well, and that the university used to dictate the kickoffs
0: or the conference,
1: you know, and now the TV dictates. The TV does. It. You Arkansas know,
0: every, is playing their fourth game in a row at 11 a.m. this week.
1: Yeah. And that, now they're playing a, TV. a division. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're playing a win, the one double A team. I well, could have had it the, Saturday
0: the, night and shown it on the SEC alternate network. That's. Well, my whole my whole thing is why can't they play it when they want to? Two o'clock. I don't know why they, every, they don't. I would. I would say, can, look, we've got a we've got a plumbing <clears throat> malfunction at War Memorial Stadium. We're not going to be able to kick off till three o'clock. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I
1: yeah, and and I think circumstances the beyond of, our control is that you could drive to the game, you could get up Saturday morning, drive to the game, and then when the game's over, go home and get home in a decent hour. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about that Tennessee game was over at 12 15 to 12 30 local time eastern time in knoxville it's too late if you live in nashville and drive home you're not getting home before in the morning You, you know they they forced you into all right now i have to spend more money to get a hotel room uh they they forced you into making a donation to buy a season ticket if you you know depending on how much you give depends on what level of tickets you can buy you know, if you don't give a lot of money, then you can't get a sideline seat. You got to give an X amount to get that seat. And so there's a premium on, on the ticket prices now. And, and by the time you pay, you know, you take your son or, or even your whole family or whatever, and you go to the game, you're looking at a thousand dollar weekend for two people to go to a college football game. And that's not even counting what you paid for the the right to buy the ticket. Or how much you have to donate to the clubs. And I think people are just like, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. And they get, it's easier to get angry now. And the reality is, is that we live in a culture where everybody's, nobody
0: cares, you know, what you think. Just everybody just gets pissed or gets mad and starts arguing about it. But don't you think so? And I was throwing these conspiracy theories out there years ago and getting poo pooed even by you at the time, you know, and. It, it seems like they have decided that the people that actually go to the games, the fanatics, are not worth the n- amount of people that are watching the game. And I contend, oh, no. I contend, though, that once the guys like me decide it's not worth the money to spend all that money, drive all that way, and get cheated, I'm going to quit going, and eventually I'm going to quit watching. Right. And, and, no, and they think, and they've got a really good dose last year of what their popularity is looks like without fans in the stands. Fans in the stands make it the spectacle that it is. And the TV networks have taken those fans for granted. And I just think at some point they're going to snap. I mean, there's a reason they have fences and cages around the European soccer fields. Absolutely. Because they will come out on the field and kill you. If, yeah, you screw that's them, right. if you screw them out of a game, they're going to come get you. We just not that's quite right. got that far here, but we're pushing that envelope. I it, suspect, it, it pu- And that, and now, they, now they've made it more and more cost prohibitive, like you're talking about. And you have to figure the people that can afford to go do it on a regular basis are the kind of people that are like me that will sit there and go, well, it's wrong. Probably shouldn't be doing it. and And even if they all flooded the field, I still probably wouldn't go but you better not put right. me on their jury cuz they're going to get acquitted.
1: Right. And 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 uh, the the this the NCAA in college football last year they proved what we've known for a long time is they don't care about the fans. I mean they're playing football games in empty stadiums last year trying to fulfill TV commitments. That's all that was about. It oh, wasn't yeah. about anything else other than filling that TV commitment to get the money that they want to get. Now the, the TVs, the TV networks where they got screwed is, uh, they put in, I, I think in a lot of, I think in the NBA and NHL and so forth, where you have a lot of games, there's a minimum requirement. Once you hit that minimum requirement, you really don't have to play anymore after that. And so they were trying to, to, because they were losing so much money on not having fans in the stands that they decided to, to try to play without fans in those empty stadiums or whatever. And that just shows you they, they really, the fan is not the number one priority anymore. It's the TV network. What are we going to do to make those people happy? And they, on some level, you got to think they're involved in all of this. And it, From, I think, down to who gets into the playoff to what angle are we going to show on tv during the instant replay if we don't show the other side then you know that gets into the whole other conspiracy theory like why aren't they showing the other side there's got to be a camera there well you would think there would be a camera there
0: but why aren't (laughs) they showing it i know it all right we're gonna take a quick break powered by the avcare rns here's a word from krt we'll be right back All right, everyone from athletes to weekend warriors sometimes catch a cramp when they're competing or working out. When you need relief fast, you want to reach for KRT Relief Cream. Just rub a little where it hurts, and KRT's patented technology works quickly to calm the nerves that are causing the cramps. KRT comes in cream or gel and works great for everyone. So go to krtrelief.com and enter promo code SNS20. That's sns 20 to receive 20% off your first KRT order. That's www.KRTRelief.com. And that's 20 is your promo code, KRTRelief.com. You're listening to Speaking Sports. Raise your back, Dave and B-Rave, coming to you from the Avcare RNS Studios. And I'm not sure who we're criticizing. I'm criticizing the league. I'm criticizing the television. And while I will sit here and tell you all day that it was wrong to throw stuff on the field, it's wrong to throw golf balls at at Lane Kiffin, I understand it.
1: I'm surprised it hasn't happened
0: more often. You know, and people forget (laughs) this country was founded by a small group of people that a big group of people pushed too far. That's right think about that our yep. roots our heritage, everything from George Washington all the way to here was was came out of somebody the big guy pushing their will on a just a small group of people that were mad and they weren't going to take it anymore and I and, and if if they think that this is never going to happen, at a college football event or even a pro football event, I don't know if if they care about pro football as much as they do college. I think it's just a different animal, but that's for another show. Well, my point is, and I'm interested to know what you think about it. At some point, and we've talked about this probably for the last ten years, it escalated more Saturday night than I've ever seen it. And and now take that that enthusiasm and. And meld it with the type of enthusiasm when the teams, when the fans decide to come on the field and take the goalpost. You know, after the game, it's a big fine. Those little guys in the yellow jackets are not stopping one hundred and two thousand people oh, if no. they want on the field. I don't know what no. their contingency plans are for it, but somebody better start thinking about what they're going to do if they're going to stay on the path that they're on. I don't know why that. I don't know why it matters so much to people who wins. What game? You know, I, I think it, pl- it plays out like it plays out. We get what we get. It's kind of like that in the NFL. They may control it to a degree, but I don't think they, they go out of their way to control it. It is what it is. Otherwise, you know, some of these teams never make it to the Super Bowl or to the playoffs or whatever. I just, I just think that they are, it's a deliberate act, and they have motive. Money's the motive. And they're about to take it too far. Yep, I agree. So, so what do you do? You know,
1: I, I there, the, yeah, I, I think the only thing we can do is to stop it, is quit watching it and we accepting it. And I think the, the, the challenge is why does Arkansas Ole Miss? Tennessee at this point, South Carolina. Why don't they just take it every year and they just back in there and get their check. They've told them that you need us to survive more than we need you. And so therefore you're going to take what we, 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 we're going to eat what we tell you to eat and you're going to be happy about it. And you're not going to say a damn word. And, you know, I think you saw it with a lot of, of these coaches now get two years and they're out of there. Pruitt, Chad Morris at Arkansas. I mean, Chad Morris is last year. At Arkansas, I mean, they had a – the stadium was a third full on senior day.
0: Uh, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's, no, I know,
1: but I mean, at the end of the day, people are just like, you know what, I'm not going to pay to go watch this stuff. And so they fire the coaches now every two years. And I think at some point it's going to get to be where people will just will eventually just say, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time to do it anymore. I got too much other things going on. I'll flip it on the television. Check out the score, see what it is, but you know. Well, yeah. I think if it one, if
0: it ever gets out that the schools are complicit with the league, I think they most definitely then are. then yeah, it, it will be over for them.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, I think they are. But, but I mean, they, at the end of the day, all they, have,
0: they do need the other schools to survive, and even they. Not only do they need the schools at the bottom of the conference, they need all the other schools too. They need all those other fan bases to make the kind of money that they want to make. I still contend that if they Strip this thing down to about 36, 40 teams in one division. You know, all the have, all the branded teams that, mm-hmm. you know, that they love to put – I mean, you notice they got Ohio State back up in there now. Oh, they're they let five. Them inch, yeah, they're back Yeah, they're back up. Yeah, oh, up. Yeah. Alabama only dropped to four. It's a branded team. They're going to keep right. them right there within shooting distance of the playoff.
1: Right, that's right.
0: Because they think guys like me want to see Alabama. I don't. I don't want to see Ohio right. State. I would rather have seen – I'd rather – I'm pulling for Cincinnati. Right, I'm looking for a have not to get in there, but we'll see. This is going to be a big year for them to decide how far they want to go with it. Because if Cincinnati's sitting at number two, wins out and doesn't make the playoff, they're in. They're, no, it's, I think it's Cincinnati's over. going to be in. I, yeah, I, I, I think, think it, Cin- it. There's no legitimate. They don't have a legitimacy anymore if they don't if they don't let Cincinnati in. Well, Cincinnati's going to
1: get in because technically they're a Big Twelve team. If you think about it, they're going to be joining the Big Twelve, so. They're a Big 12 team, so this is going to help the Big 12 because Cincinnati's getting in. And so uh, Cincinnati wins out there. I think they're in definitely because of just the flack overall that the the committee um, has taken over the years. Not that they really care because they kind of switch it up anyway, I think. But I think Cincinnati's in if they win out. Yeah. So,
0: and I think the loser of the Georgia game, Alabama game's out. I mean, oh if yeah. Alabama loses. SEC's not getting out. Out two teams in no, this year. They but if Georgia loses,
1: they're going to, if Georgia loses to Alabama, in the, in they'll the drop championship, behind I, to Alabama.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, right. They'll well, they'll, yeah, Alabama will move up to second yeah. or third. Unless Alabama and, takes another loss, they're not out of the woods yet. They could still no, take a loss. I agree with loss. that too. I All agree right. with that too. So you said something when we came on about players getting hurt or being hurt or whatever. That's that's going to be a, another big topic for discussion that they have let go on. I think it's ironic that Lane Kiffin has come up with the antidote for the offense that he has championed all these 80. years. Yeah, you know, and and I, I saw a figure. Did you see it? Because I don't remember the exact number, but it was twenty eight, something like twenty eight injuries in the in the Tennessee game. So Molly's nodding her head at me. It was twenty eight. Yeah. Ole Miss. Play stoppages for Ole Miss injuries in that ball game against. Of, at the end of the game, literally in the last ten minutes, after every play,
1: somebody was laying on the ground. In, in Tennessee, too, they had their share of people laying
0: down yeah. when Ole Miss had they the ball. Stop. But it was like well, they're going to have to do something.
1: And I the can, game was, I think the game was the game was going on four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. The players are tired. You get hurt in football when you are tired. Or you're loafing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's when you get hurt. And those players are gassed. They're exhausted at the end of those games. And so it's not shocking to me that players are going down. But I'm telling you, for every play, it seemed like for the last 10 minutes of the game, they stopped the play. The the game after because of somebody's landing. Yeah, on the Miley, and that my was, producers Tennessee.
0: give me the accurate number. It's twenty three. Yeah. Tennessee
1: and Tennessee had their number two that hit yeah. the turf too. When Ole Miss had the ball, it wasn't just no. Well, Ole Miss now everybody's going to everybody's
0: gonna start doing it. And yeah, you're right. It's going to make the game one. But if they're going to, they're going to have to do something drastic. Like if you go out for an injury, you're out until change of possession.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. You because just, that Chad Campbell, that that middle linebacker for Ole Miss, went out three times on one series. Yeah, and I
0: I don't understand why it's not, you know, health wise, that's probably not a bad rule anyway,
1: right. regardless.
0: Yeah, if you're hurt, then you probably need to set
1: out a series. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, well, I'm hitting that. So, let's see, real quick, I want to move. I got two more topics I want to hit with you yep. real quick. Hugh Freeze to LSU. Nobody said it out loud.
1: I think I think LSU is going to hire a minority uh, coach. I think they're either going to try to get Mel Tucker at Michigan State because the last guy they hired from Michigan State worked out really well. And I think they'll go after James Franklin. And I also think either Mel Tucker or James Franklin, one of those two, could possibly end up at USC. Um, but look for uh, – I think Hugh Freeze. Now, if, if both of those guys were to turn it down, then I think you get into that Hugh Freeze, uh, that Hugh Freeze group. Maybe even somebody had mentioned Malzahn me this maybe. morning.
0: Where's on Yeah.
1: Man? Central Florida. They're not having a good year. Does uh, Lane Kiffin, does he become a, is he the Tommy Tuberville of 20, the 2020s, you know, switching, uh, be on his third? Certainly at could school. be. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, Tuberville left Ole Miss too, but, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Hughes can shake something out of this. You know, the guy at Louisiana, Billy Napier, is always – he's high on everybody's list. And and the rumor in Sunbelt circles is that he's been waiting on this LSU job to open up. That's why he wasn't interested in Mississippi State or some of the other jobs that came up last mm-hmm. year. Uh, so, I think Hughes is going to be in, in the mix. And, and um, I mean, there's a lot worse – people with worse reputations out there than you freeze coaching ball.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I'm like, if you're only going to give you two years, you know, going, I'm my, my price is going to go up. If you're only going to guarantee me two years,
1: you know, and I, and I was a little shocked that, uh, well, I was walking out of there with 17 mil. But, I, you know, I was shocked that, you know, Jim Trestle never got another shot after I was too. he left I,
0: Ohio State. I thought he would have been a good fit for Arkansas when we were looking, instead of Brett Bielema, I would have taken yeah. Trestle over Bielema, you know, and certainly and I would have taken Tennessee's, him over. I would have taken you over Chad Morris.
1: And I and I think Tennessee should have looked at him one of those years that they were switching coaches around, yeah. uh, you know, since they've had so many in the last 11 years, mm-hmm. uh, that they should have taken a look at him.
0: But – um. I don't know it's going to be interesting to see if Hugh can can wrangle something yeah. out of this. I know you're not watching a whole lot of pro football, but only one undefeated left team left in the NFL that is the 6 and 0 Arizona Cardinals.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh closest to them at 5 and 1 is the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Cowboys. The Dallas
0: Cowboys are 5 and 1, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 5 and 1. Everybody else is four and two or less, but four and two is good enough to lead the AFC South for the Titans, the AFC West for the Chargers, and that's it. All the NFC teams are division leaders are six and zero oh and five and zero. Oh. What about that? That win? That, I tell you what, it's been a really long time since I watched a whole, or well, a whole Titans game, for that matter. Usually, I'm throwing my flag out the window about halftime, or turning it off and watching a Hallmark movie or whatever. Uh, and, and then I hardly ever watch the Monday Night Football anymore, just because the announcers are trash. But Monday Night was an excellent football game. If you got to see any of it, it was back and forth. It was two highly talented teams, Titans at home, back and forth. And you know, I thought, I know you, you and know, I didn't talk about this, and I know you didn't watch it, but. The first two times Buffalo kicked the ball to Tennessee, they tried to throw they tried to the throw back pass like the old Music City Miracle and jacked it up one and then uh the first the second one was a legal forward pass. I mean by like 3 yards. I lost my audio. What did you hit a button? Yeah,
1: that yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I saw that about they had tried the uh <laughs> Yeah.
0: The backwards pass.
1: I went was awesome. for the
0: Music City Miracle again, yeah. which would have been hilarious yeah. if they could have pulled it off. Right, but, right. You know, right. just that that last play though, it had gone back and forth, and I don't know how we ever stopped Josh Allen. That kid, when he throws a He's football, good. it's like it's on a rope, regardless right. of the throw, regardless of the distance, regardless of the ankle, it goes right there, just swoop. And you can. There's only a handful of guys in the NFL, or even any, you know. Brian Mallett could throw a pass like that. Oh, yeah. It would sell like that. And, you know, to be fair, I'm not a big Tannehill fan, but Tannehill's passes Monday night had that look to it too. But how they kept him out of the end zone, they had run a quarterback sneak earlier in the game, and Jeffrey Simmons anticipated them running the same gap, and he just threw his guy off and planted himself in that gap. And when uh, Josh Allen hit him with his helmet – he, was, he wasn't moving Jeffrey Simmons, so his feet came out from under. He just fell down, lost a yard. Yeah. And the Titans won the game, which I thought was excellent.
1: Um, I, you know, I, I, I missed a lot of that game. I did see a little bit of it, but I, I did see the end of the Cowboy-Patriot game last weekend. And that Dak was a Prescott. good one too. Sure, yeah, he, Dak Prescott looks great out there.
0: You know, why did they, why do you think they underestimated him or undervalued him like they did?
1: You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, Zach's got a good arm. I don't think you would say it's a great arm. And, um, you know, and he was a Tebow like quarterback at Mississippi State where, you know, they did a lot of running and a lot of RPO. Mm-hmm. But I think what Dak has showed us is that if, even though you're a, run pass option guy, you know, kind of like Cam Newton was, kind of like the guy, the guy in Arkansas is, you know, where they're big, big strong men that can, uh, you know, take, take a little hitting. But it just shows you, I think Dak has showed them that, hey, you know, if you be patient, they can come around to to what you want them to do in the NFL. And I think he's emerged at that. I mean, that, that touchdown pass he threw to win the game, that was phenomenal. I mean, there, there there's – there's not a lot of guys that um, uh, can create space like he did. Keep his eyes yeah. down the field, hit that guy just in stride. And it seems like so. to me
0: that the NFL overall is healthier when the Dallas Cowboys yep. are good. Abso- of course. I don't know like why that is, but I think it's like that's the Yankees the tr- in baseball. Yeah, like the yep. Yankees in baseball. And like you know, they try to do that in football. But I just don't think it's a, it's a different fan base. It's a different culture. It's just a different thing, but yeah. In, in the NFL, when Dallas Cowboys are good, it's it's a healthy thing.
1: Yeah. All right, man. Lakers are good in the NBA. The Lakers yeah. are good. It's NBA's. You know, it's all good.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this week, B Ray. Thank you for dropping in. I know you got a hard stop here coming up. Thank you for joining me. That's going to do it for yeah. Speak in Sports. We'll be back next week. See you then.